It's Tuesday, July the 28th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, gold's record high and Republicans' $1 trillion plan. First, the world in brief. The price of gold climbed to a record high, exceeding $1,970 per ounce, thanks to a weakening dollar and worries about economic growth. The safe haven asset has risen by two-thirds in just under two years. Its ascent was propelled at first by Sino-American trade conflict and low American interest rates. The economic consequences of COVID-19 pushed it higher still. Hong Kong is banning gatherings of more than two people and dining in restaurants in an effort to fight COVID-19. Yesterday, it recorded 145 cases of the disease, a new daily high. Separately, New Zealand became the latest country to suspend its extradition treaty with the territory following China's imposition of a national security law. It joins Australia, Britain and Canada. Vietnamese authorities began evacuating tourists from Da Nang in the country's centre after several COVID-19 cases emerged at the weekend. Vietnam is considered to have fought the pandemic with a heavy hand but with great success, reporting just several hundred cases and no deaths. The country is closed to foreign tourists but many Vietnamese have been holidaying in Da Nang. Republicans in America's Senate proposed a $1 trillion coronavirus relief plan that would cut weekly supplemental unemployment benefits from $600 to $200 through September, when states could adjust benefits to match up to 70% of claimants' previous incomes. The current $600 payments, part of an emergency stimulus package passed in March, expire this week. The Democrats want them extended through the year. Robert O'Brien, President Donald Trump's national security adviser, tested positive for COVID-19. Mr O'Brien, who was most recently seen in public with the president on July 10th, is the most senior member of the administration known to have caught the disease. Following a change of heart, last week Mr Trump urged the public to don face masks to protect themselves. Shares in European travel firms plunged in reaction to a jump in COVID-19 in several countries, new quarantine restrictions and disappointing earnings. Ryanair, Europe's biggest low-cost carrier, said passenger numbers fell by 99% year-on-year in the quarter to the end of June. The airline made a loss of €185 million, million, against a profit of €243 million in the same period last year. And Sundar Pichai, the boss of Alphabet, asked most of Google's 200,000 employees and contractors to keep working from home until July 2021. The move comes amid uncertainty about when the coronavirus will be tamed and whether parents will have to continue to look after children if schools stay shut. Alphabet staff have been encouraged to avoid their offices since March. And now, here's today's agenda. Beach Bummer, Spain's COVID-19 spike. After losing the first half of the tourism season to the pandemic, Spaniards were encouraged by strong visitor bookings for August. So Britain's abrupt announcement on July 25th that travellers returning from Spain must self-isolate for 14 days was a body blow. 
It followed a sharp spike in COVID-19 infections this month. Ireland and Norway have taken similar measures, while Belgium and France advise against travel to Catalonia and Aragon, the worst-hit areas. Spain is a safe country, insists Arancha gonzalez Laya, the foreign minister. She wants the Balearic and Canary Islands, where Britons account for around a third of tourists, exempted. While Spain's overall 14-day infection rate has leapt to 37.9 per 100,000 people, that figure is 8 in the Balearics and 5.8 in the Canaries, well below Britain's 14.7. Many in Spain consider Britain's blanket quarantine an overreaction. Others think government, both national and regional, has failed at post-lockdown virus control. Waiting in the Wings, Larry Hogan's book. The media, I understood, they were itching for a tussle. But cabinet secretaries? Encouraging me to run against their boss, the president? That one surprised me, writes Larry Hogan, Maryland's Republican governor, in his new book, Still Standing. Mr Hogan declined to mount a primary challenge to Donald Trump this year, but he appears to be one of several Republicans positioning themselves to lead the party should Mr Trump lose in November. A competent moderate who has twice been elected to lead a deeply democratic state, Mr Hogan is the choice for Republicans who want to repudiate Trumpism. His book tour includes appearances with establishment Republicans such as Jeb Bush and Condoleezza Rice. He has urged the party to broaden its appeal past its shrinking base of older, angry white voters and has criticised Mr Trump over his COVID-19 response. His term ends in January 2023. By then it should be clear whether Republicans remain a Trumpist party. A reckoning for Najib Razak, one MDB. Malaysia's former prime minister is expected to hear verdicts today in the first of his three trials related to a scandal at one MDB. According to American authorities, $4.5 billion disappeared from the state investment fund between 2009 and 2015 while Mr Najib was prime minister. He denies all wrongdoing but awaits judgment today on seven charges, of 42 in total, which include money laundering and corruption. Under scrutiny is the transfer of 42 million ringgit, $9.9 million, to his bank accounts from a unit of 1MDB called SRC International. Mr Najib faces decades in prison if found guilty. Just days ago, Goldman Sachs reached a deal with Malaysian authorities over its role in underwriting three bond offerings, which raised $6.5 billion for 1MDB. The bank will hand over $3.9 billion, $2.5 billion in cash, plus a guarantee that Goldman will return at least $1.4 billion in assets linked to the bonds. Pilgrims and the Pandemic, Saudi Arabia's Shrunken Hajj Defying pestilence, war and earthquakes, Muslims have made pilgrimages to the holy city of Mecca for 14 centuries. This year, though, Saudi Arabia has restricted participation in the Hajj, which begins today. Reports say only between 1,000 and 10,000 people will take part, compared with 2 million last year. Historians searching for a comparable disruption hark back a millennium to the year 930 when a revolutionary Shia sect stole the sacred black stone. But a normal Hajj risked becoming a super-spreader event for COVID-19, forcing the decision on the kingdom's government. Religious pilgrimages netted it $12 billion last year, accounting for the largest chunk of GDP after oil. 
Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince, has built up Mecca as part of his plan to diversify the Saudi economy. He hoped to attract 15 million foreign pilgrims outside of the Hajj by 2020. Last year, only 7.5 million showed up. This year, the number will be lower still. On the rack, Q magazine folds. Today's issue of Q, a British music title, is the last. The pandemic did for us and there is nothing more to it than that, tweeted its editor Ted Kessler. The truth is that Q had pre-existing conditions. Launched in 1986 as the CD took off, it dissected new releases and interviewed musicians. Everyone probably thinks that I'm a raving nymphomaniac when the truth is I'd rather read a book, admitted Madonna in 1991. Nowadays, listeners discover new music on streaming services such as Spotify and get direct access to stars on social media. Q's circulation was 30,000 last year, down by 85% since 2000. The wider magazine industry has slowly been losing readers and advertisers to the internet. COVID-19 has pressed fast forward. Print advertising is forecast to drop by a third this year. Newsstand sales are plummeting as commuters stay at home. More than ever, reaching readers relies on digital formats like this one. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Nathan M. Rothschild, who was born on November 8th, 1840. The time to buy is when there's blood in the streets. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.